Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host, Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC Vegas 27, Cody Garbrandt versus Robbie Font. And Shaq is going down this Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada. Two top bantamweights looking to get into title contention. Obviously, the former champ, Cody Garbrandt. He's looking to reclaim gold, and he's taking on Rob Font, who's in the best moment of his career right now. Two bangers. Uh, I have a feeling someone might hit the deck. Yeah, Bantamweight is right up there in some of my favorite divisions up there with the lightweight division. I mean, it's as stacked as the lightweight division if you really look at it. And Garbrandt, he's a former champion, has wins over Dominic Cruz. Uh, and, you know, we saw his last fight against Rafael Asunza, the viral knockout that that was. And then Rob Font. I mean, his last two fights, fight of the night versus Ricky Simon and uh, a first-round finish over Marlon Marais. Maybe Rob Font's ready for his, uh, you know, title shot. So we'll get to see two heavy hitters. I have a feeling someone's getting knocked out. Yeah, and not to mention, I mean, Robbie Font, he started off his win streak with a win over the current Bellator uh, Bantamweight champion, Sergio Pettis. So he's been beating the who's who, and, and he's a guy that's always had the skills ever since day one that he stepped into the octagon. It's just one of those things where the mental need to catch up now, I think it is truly catching up, and I think we're going to see Saturday night if he's ready to uh, get a title shot or not. Yeah, 100%. And uh, can't forget Cody Garbrandt. I mean, at one point, um, he might be the fastest bantamweight in terms of hand speed. And from the sounds of it, man, it sounds like he's in a good spot mentally. So we're going to see both guys uh, at their best form on Saturday night. Absolutely. Just got to give a quick shout out to the fans that have to battle. Uh, sorry about the audio issues on my end last week, uh, trying to get that fixed. So thank you guys for sticking with us. And before we do our breakdown, because, you know, we're going to break down this whole car start to finish. But first, we got to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. And guys, Father's Day is just around the corner and you probably need a gift uh, for a hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him get him and yourself Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. That's what I got in my hands right here. The brand new 4.0. You heard that right. The Lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at Manscaped.com. And you guys already know the deal. Uh Listen, uh, with our ancient fathers, man, they got to get with the times. And in this day and age, it's all about manscaping. It's all about the lawnmower 4.0. It's all about using that code BATTLE20 for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So make sure you all do that. And Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and just launched their lawnmower 4.0, which is what I'm holding in my hands right here. I mean, I was wondering to myself, how could they get better after the 3.0? And they did they stepped up their game as always imagine surprising your dad with a sleek well-designed and optimized body hair trimmer that says your balls will thank you on the box their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology you might ask how is this lawnmower 4.0 different from other trimmers well i'm glad you asked this upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on off switch that can engage a travel lock this is a great feature if your father or yourself do a lot of travel it also gives you the ability to turn on the 4000k led spotlight on and off when needed for more for a more precise shave you can now shave your balls in the dark so power outages are not are no longer an excuse the lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes one to four the new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction which can help better battery length last longer you guys know that no matter what we're talking about, lasting longer always uh, always counts for something. And you heard it right. Wireless charging, ball trimmers are a real thing now. Have you ever seen 
a nose uh have you ever seen a nose bush sticking out of your dad's nose well the weed whacker and nosier hair trimmer is the best nose hair trimmer on the market and the perfect gift for your pops they also have other amazing products like cologne the crop mop ball wipes the crop reviver ball toner and the crop preserver crop preserver ball deodorant and for all the females listening you'll appreciate this part manscaped products are cruelty free paraben free dye free and they're even vegan too get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code battle 20 at manscaped.com get your dad a gift you know they will use that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code battle 20. don't forget that you came from your dad's balls this year show your original home some love with manscaped shack I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself, man. Uh, Manscaped has honestly changed the game. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a witness myself. I mean, the grooming has is, is just gotten up to a tip-top uh, tip level. So I, I, can't, I got no complaints about Manscaped. I mean, I thought I was on top of my grooming game until I got with Manscaped. And now it's just, you know, skyrocketing to that next level. You know, uh, like my boy Alexander the Rocket Racket, just shooting straight up. So I'm very excited. Now, is let's break really, down this whole Is that really your <laughs> name? Yeah, the rocket. Really yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he's got a big vertical jump, but uh... he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't fight like a rocket. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> he, he used to until he hit the top ten, but uh, you already know the deal. Now, first up in the lightweight division, we got a matchup between Demir Ismagulov. He's twenty-two and one. He's taking on Rafael Alves, who's nineteen and nine currently. They got. Demir Ismagulov minus 550. The comeback on Rafael Alves is plus 425. Well, it's good to have the dark horse in the lightweight division back. That's Demir Ismagulov. For those that don't know, uh, this guy is no joke. His last fight beat Tiago Moises thoroughly. He's just such a smooth striker. He's so well-rounded. Um, I just wish he'd fight more because then he'd certainly be in the top 10. He's got all the skills. And, you know, I respect his opponent, Rafael Alves, a lot, man. Um, he's a very well-rounded guy. He's got a nasty guillotine, good uh, calf kicks, comes from MMA Masters, black belt in jiu-jitsu. I mean, I can't say enough good things. Definitely deserves to be in the UFC. And I actually I feel really bad for him, man, because he was supposed to take on Pat Sabatini. And personally, I, I thought he was going to teach Pat Sabatini a lesson, man. But he missed weight by 11 pounds. And shame on MMA fighting for that disgusting headline they just put out. Um, where the quote on the headline was Rafael Rafael Alves like uh, missed weight on purpose, but they didn't give any context. And the reason why he missed weight, you know, God bless him and his family. You know, his wife had a miscarriage, which is like horrendous, man. So as soon as he heard that, he was like, dude, fuck this shit, man. And he didn't even give a fuck about the fight anymore. Rightfully so. All you should care about is your family. So first of all, fuck MMA fighting for that disgusting headline. But on Rafael Alves's part, I don't hold it against him for missing weight. You go through some shit like that, it is what it is. The fact that he even showed up to the scales is admirable in my in my opinion. But here, hopefully he's cleared his mind a little bit. And I think that he can come out here and survive these three rounds but, but lose a 30-27 a a decision. I really like that Sabatini fight for Rafael Alves. And I think that Rafael Alves will go on to win some fights in the UFC, no doubt about it. He's just take, he's just taking on the dark horse of the division, who's kind of too smooth and just just proficient everywhere the fight goes. So I see Ismagulov uh, cruising to a nice thirty twenty seven decision here. Yeah, you know I'm uh, I'm excited for Ismagulov's return because he definitely put it on Tiago Moises and Tiago Moises went on quite the run. He's now officially a top fifteen guy. Um, you know I don't know for how long, considering he's fighting um, Makachev next, but you know, but hey, he made it to the top fifteen. 
And uh, Ismagalov, I mean, he's a guy, not only Tiago Moises, but the uh, Joel Alvarez fight, who Joel Alvarez has been finishing these dudes uh, a lot. He was supposed to fight Giagos this past weekend, but he got uh, injured. But uh, I think, um, yeah, look, Ismagalov's been off for a while. He's been injured. His timing, his rhythm might be off a little bit. So I wouldn't honestly be shocked if this was, I mean, look, we're talking about, a, what's the line, minus 600, minus uh, five, upper fives, like, there's no value betting his Magalov at this side. Alves actually is a better, like, don't let that record confuse you. I think he's still in the best spot in his career. Yeah, it's unfortunate he didn't get to fight Pat Sabatini. I, I was looking to, uh, to bet him in that spot. I thought he was just going to be too much for him. And then, and then you got um, Ismagulov, like you said, man. He just fights. He doesn't give you much to go off of. We're talking kind of like an ankle leave. Like, it's hard to to really gauge what this guy's going to do. Uh, he's just too disciplined, too crisp. Uh, and, and I just see that uh, Alves is probably going to do a lot of swinging and missing, uh, being a lot uh, very frustrated, not, maybe not pulling the trigger, maybe slowing down in the late rounds. But from a betting perspective, man, you just got to sit back and let Ismagulov just win his decision because he might try to rush and coast, and we're, and, and we're talking about a minus 600. But I, look, make no mistake about it. He's going to be my uh, pick to win this fight. Now, also in the lightweight division, we got a matchup between another Demir, Demir Hadzovic. He's 13 and 6. He's taking on Yancy Medeiros, who's 15 and 7. Currently, they got Demir Hadzovic minus 130. The comeback on Yancy is plus 110. So both these guys desperately need a win, Shaq. I mean, not only are they coming off losses, but it's not just the fact that they're coming off losses. It's they looked pretty damn horrendous in their losses compared to prior performances, you know. Um, I thought that at one point, Yancey Medeiros was really putting it together and could, you know, at least just be, he's already a tough Hawaiian warrior, but I, I thought he could be just one of these guys that you can always count on for an exciting fight. But th those last few, I haven't been seeing that same guy. And I think, I think it's one of these cases where, you know, even in his early run, he, he leaves so many openings that, you know, once you start to get a little older and you don't patch up those fundamentals, then it starts to catch up with you. And when you're a guy that relies on your durability, because Yancey was known. I mean, I don't know if y'all saw that fight between Trinaldo and Yancey, but Yancey was known as one of those guys that you could literally hit with a baseball bat and he's going to pop back up and keep fighting. He's a true Hawaiian warrior, but now. I don't see that same output. Um, he's, he looks sluggish his last few fights. But then on the other side with Hadzovic, I had high hopes for him too. Not, 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 you know, I'm not talking top 15 or anything. I thought at least he could be a top 30 guy. But now it's looking like top 130. You know what I mean, Shaq? Uh, those last two fights, the Christos Giagos fight, you know, there was that built-in excuse that he had his kid that week. But then the very next fight, he gets blown out in under a minute. So, I, man, I think both guys need a lot of work. I'm slightly, slightly leaning with Hadzovic just because I do think that Yancey still leaves all those big openings on the feet. And even though Hadzovic might not be the fastest guy, might not be the most athletic, one thing about him, he's, he's got a decent Euro point fighting style. He keeps his hands nice and high. And unless he's dealing with a big speed deficit, which I don't think is the case here, he can probably outpoint Yancey. It's just that... You know, laying chalk on a guy like Demir Hadzovic at this point in his career is a very sketch proposition. So I, w it might be a dog or pass situation. I, I just kind of feel like Yancey's looked a little worse lately. So I'll take Demir, but fl flip a coin. <laughs> what do you think, Shaq? Yeah, I got I got a uh, Hadzovic in this fight, man. Uh, a little more confidently. Look, look, both guys aren't are definitely nothing to write home about, but. I think Yancey, this is a product of all that damage he took early in his career. Not only the uh, the uh, 
Francisco Trinado fight, but don't forget about that Alex Cowboy fight, which oh, yeah. he won. I mean, but, I mean, there was a lot of damage sustained, followed up with the Cowboy Cerrone knockout. I mean, even his fights with like McDessey, men were wobbled. Uh, even with in his fight, like all of his fights, Poirier. Uh, I mean, he. Uh, I know you remember that. Um, man, what was that fight he had back in the day? Uh, who was it? Oh, never mind. It's all good. But anyways, man, the dude's taking a lot of damage in his career, man. And um, Jim Miller tapped. It was Jim Miller that tapped him out, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, and I just think it's finally caught him. Now, Hatsovich, the issue with him is just the ground game. That's like where the, the that's where most of his issues derive from. Look, Moicano, I, I didn't expect Hatsovich to win that fight. So I'm honestly not going to hold it that much. I don't think anybody really expected him to win that fight. Um, I mean, as where like, Yancy Medeiros, he's in these closely lined matchups with Lando Venata, and Lando Venata dropping to 45 looked good, but at 55, he's very, well, he's, he washed out at 55s, and Lando honestly mopped the floor with him. Uh, Gregor Gillespie kind of, it, it just seems like his fights are becoming less and less competitive, and I feel like there's more reason. Uh, I think Yancy Medeiros doesn't have that wrestling game to necessarily hit double legs and single legs on Christos Giagos like a Christos strong uh, Christos Giagos, a strong, powerful wrestler would, or um, Hanato Moicano, like these type of black belts. Um, so, yeah, I think that this is a good matchup for him. He can stay on the feet, land those left hooks, and honestly, just hurt Yancy. I think Yancy nowadays, man, he, like a, you know, like with Ferguson and, and some of these other guys, once the ability to take isn't there anymore, it, their their skills just kind of the rest of their skills fall apart as well, man. The wrestling, the the striking, just their ability to you know now he's a little more hesitant, man. I, I think Hasevich honestly knocks Yancy out, man. Um, so I'm going with Demir to say to to keep his job, and then we can look to to fade him against you know when he fights uh you know, one of these up and coming, like he was supposed to fight Nicholas Mata. This, this was Nick, this was Nicholas Mata's fight. So, you know, we can uh, fade him when he, uh, when he gets that fight. And probably at a better price too. So looking forward to it. Now, next up in the featherweight division, we got a matchup between Joshua Kulabau. He's eight, one and one. He's taking on Shah Yulan, who's 19 and six. Currently they got Josh Kulabau minus 250. The comeback on Shah Yulan is plus 200. So I'm going to just keep it short and sweet. Look, Josh Kulabau, he's had to grit his teeth in the UFC, man. I mean, they, they ain't giving him no easy fights. They gave him Jalen Turner at 155 pounds on short notice. Then they gave him Charles Jordan, um, you know, who had already been in there with Feely and uh, with Desmond Green. So just way more experienced guys. Listen, man, he got through those fights. Now, here you go. Here's a Chinese prospect, man. And listen, here's the deal. From China, what I've noticed is that the, the female fighters are, are fantastic, but the male fighters, except unless your name is Li, the leech, Li Jingliang, the male fighters just haven't been up to par. Uh, you saw that recently um, on that Masvidal card, man. Uh, you saw shu wrong you saw the kid that fought molina you saw the chick that even even the girl that fought uh carnalosi like they're they're i don't know if the training situation there isn't up to par because i mean they have a performance institute so i, I don't really know what the deal is but i just don't think that shy yilan is quite ready for the ufc and i actually think that josh cool about despite this this hefty price on a guy who hasn't won a fight inside the octagon yet I think that this is a fight he's going to come out here, show off all his hard work. He's been training with Volkanovski. He's been doing the right things. He's paid his dues. 
come out here and take care of this guy, man. I mean, look, Shai Yulan, even if he projects to be good, that first that first flight over to the United States, you know, you know that never goes well, man. And I don't think it's going to go well here. I got Josh Koulibaly for the win. Yeah, you know, I think it, that's what it's more. So I'm interested to see how these Chinese guys, like Rong Zhu and uh, the dude that fought Molina, um, what's his nickname? Uh, or a Mongolian murderer. Yeah, the murderer. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, you know he's I mean, got a good fight coming up. Don't say yeah. who, but he's got a good fight. Rong Zhu's fighting uh, Dakota Bush. I, I just saw yeah. that the uh, yesterday. So and know, the murderer's got a fight in the works too. Yeah, I forget against who it was. Um, but anyways, oh man, <laughs> I. Who is it? Our boy, but we'll talk about it later. Oh, but uh, anyways, um, I think uh, what was the uh, matchup again? Um, cool about. Yeah, cool about man. I think cool about deserves some respect. Um, Jordan, we know that he's he's known for turning up in the late rounds. Uh, he pretty much does it every fight. Turned up in the late rounds on Philly Des Green. Um, uh, against that Spanish, uh, the Argentinian guy he just fought. Um. I forget his name, but, you know, that's what uh, Air Jordan is known for. And then this fight with Jalen Turner, no excuse there. Jalen Turner seems to be, you know, on the ups right now, 6'3", lightweight. I think everything is lining up for uh, Josh Koulibaly to finally get his UFC win. Like you said, some of these Chinese prospects, that flight over from China is no joke. I mean, how long is that flight? Um, and, and I, and I wow. highly doubt he... Yeah, I highly doubt he probably, you know, they're not like my girl Yan Chownan who got here like three weeks ago, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they're showing up for fight week just like it's a normal a normal thing. So we'll, we'll see how he performs. But I, I, I just think cool about his last fight. Uh, he was a huge underdog. And, I mean, he fought great. Um, I think there's no shame in, in his two UFC fights so far. I think it's his time to finally get a win. Uh, yeah, the price is hefty, but I was not impressed with um, – What's his name? How do you say his name? Sha Yulan. Sha Liang. It was just a low-level Chinese competition. I mean, he's got some good grappling, I guess. Um, but Kulabao, man, he, he's got a lot of fight in him. Uh, I like his heart, so I, I think he's going to get this one. Uh, hopefully, he can, he can get that Chase Super fight. I know he's been campaigning for it. Um, who's super fighting again? Um, I already forgot, yeah. but it's a it's an interesting matchup. Oh, man. I'll tell you in a second. But yeah, it was an interesting fight. I remember. Hold on. I'm going to tell you right now. He's fighting Steven Peterson, Ocho. Oh, okay. That's a good fight. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Man. Mm. A punching bag. Two, a punching bag versus a punching bag. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Wait, man. Who did that, man? Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Steven might bully him. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, next up in the flyweight division, we've got a matchup between Victor Rodriguez. He's seven and three. He's taking on Bruno Bulldog Silva, who's 11, five and two. Currently, they got Bruno Bulldog minus 350. The comeback on Victor Rodriguez is plus 260. So here's the thing with this fight. I know a lot of people see it. Bruno Bulldog minus 350. Holy shit. You know, he only has one one win in the UFC. I mean, a lot of us thought he beat that Russian, but. He handled JP buys accordingly, and honestly, even though there might not be too much value in this line, I, I think he's going to handle Victor Rodriguez accordingly too. Listen, Victor Rodriguez, no disrespect to him, I, res I respect anyone that steps in there, but you know he comes from that Alaskan fight scene, and unless your name is Euros Medic, who actually moved to the United States and you know trains at Kings MMA now, you know Alaska's in the United States. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Like you know that actually is funny because just just like Hawaiians, uh, a lot of Alaskans feel like they uh, like they're their own country. So it, it's it, it's a similar kind of vibe to Hawaii. Not not in terms of the 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 climate. You know, one's you know beach, the other is fucking snowy. But they feel like they were. Uh, this is a whole political thing. But anyways. Dudes training out of Alaska, that Alaskan regional scene ain't uh, very, very good. And Victor Rodriguez has been fighting subpar competition, steps into the UFC, gets killed here against Bruno Bulldog. Obviously, you don't want to lay minus 350 on Bruno Bulldog, but I think he's better than this guy, man. I, I think he's better than him everywhere. I think he's more explosive. Um, he just might be a little smaller. He's going to be a little shorter. It is what it is. Skills will prevail here. I got Bruno Bulldog, but I, I personally just wouldn't lay the price. I'd stay away. Yeah, I think Bruno's going to run through this guy in the first round, man. <laughs> uh, I just think Victor Rodriguez does not belong here at all, man. Uh, like you said, Alaska fighting. I wouldn't overthink this too much. I don't think there's – I think if a dog shot on Victor Rodriguez is a L, man. Um, dude, you could just tell he's too tense in these exchanges. He's too uncomfortable. Bruno Bulldog is as comfortable as he's ever been. Not to mention, we can take this to the floor as well and submit him. Um, look at Bruno Bulldog's career. You want to talk about, you know, swimming with the sharks. He fights Taha on steroids. Uh, Taha tested positive on steroids after that fight. And honestly, he won around. But, I mean, the dude was juiced to his guilt. I mean, in uh, Abu Dhabi, I mean, it was, <laughs> there, was nothing, there was nothing my boy Bruno could do about that one. Uh, he fights with David Dvorak, who's a – uh, who's on like a, a crazy winning streak. And, and I mean, the fight came down to the wire all the way to the end. He rocked David Dvorak with a big front kick. And then his next fight against the Russian, look, I personally think he won that fight straight up. But I understand to beat a, a, a teammate of Khabib in Abu Dhabi, it, it's probably it's probably not going to happen, especially by decision. Um, you know, so uh, and then now he, and then he got, got his lower level competition, JP buys. And, you know, going into that fight, I said JP buys is only only fought regional competition. You know, look at JP buys career. He ain't fought anybody. And guess who else hasn't fought anybody? Victor Rodriguez. I mean, it's worse than JP buys. Um, Victor Rodriguez is about to get ran through. And back to the Alaska FC here after Saturday night. I got Bruno Bulldog uh, by first round knockout or submission. Yeah, I mean, listen, if Victor wants to come to the NFC and test some of our up and comers, uh, we'd love to have him. A lot of the Alaskans are making their way down here. So, Victor, <laughs> by all means, uh, you know, after you. this fight. <laughs> I'm actually glad you brought that up because I think that he uh, he's buddies with that Tyson Duckworth Tyson, guy yeah, sure who's is, been yeah. getting his ass whipped by our boys. So, yeah, if any more Alaskan guys, I know y'all can't get fights over there. You want to come to NFC and s test out your skills? Hit us up because, you know, after this fight, Victor Rodriguez versus Jamar Whitehead sounds like a good fight to me. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Now, next up in the welterweight division, we got a matchup between Claudio Silva. He's 14 and two. He's taking on the ultimate fighter winner, Court McGee, who's 19 and 10. Currently, they got. Um, well, it depends where you look. Some places it's a dead pick them, but you look at a, a spot like bet online. And they got it minus 123 court McGee. The comeback on Claudio Silva is plus 103. So I do see some dog money on Claudio Silva. Listen, court McGee's got a great reputation. I mean, back in the day, he beat Robert Whitaker. He won the ultimate fighter. Um, 
He's a very tough guy. He's overcome some shit in his personal life. You know, he, him and Matt Brown share something in common. They both died and came back to life and went on to have great careers in the UFC. So I got nothing but respect for Court McGee. Now, it's interesting because I know we're going to talk about Court McGee possibly being a guy on his way out. Did you know, Shaq, that Claudio Silva is actually two years uh, older than him in terms of age? Uh, yeah, I know he's like 37, 8, something like that, yeah. Yeah, Claudio's getting up there. But anyways, man, how do you see this going? You know, you got the volume boxing, quote-unquote, of Court McGee. You got the toughness and the wrestling. And then you got the world-class jiu-jitsu of Claudio Silva. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, look, this, this is going to be an ugly fight because Court's ugly and Claudio, he's got an ugly style as well. You know, Claudio's very stubborn. He's going to come in with the left kick, the left straight. Uh, uh, Court McGee definitely throws more, and, and he might have better cardio. The thing that i just see the difference is the ability to push um look at 38 years old is that uh uh you know for uh, claudio silva is that to rely on sure maybe at minus money but at dog money i think it, honestly it could be a good proposition man uh court mcgee is very basic not saying that claudio isn't basic either but i just feel like claudio is has a little more uh, what's the word i'm looking for he's a little more vicious he's he takes more chances he he uh you know, he, he'll move forward. That James Krause fight, yeah, look, he got he got exposed. I mean, Krause, but Corey McGee's not James Krause, man. Corey McGee is, uh, is a very stationary, simple guy looking to press. Um, and, the, and it's tough with Corey because he is fighting some of these guys like, you know, younger guys like Diego Lima, Sean Brady, and he's not getting finished. I mean, look, the durability is definitely still there um carlos condit dropped him but could not finish him the toughness so look he might go this might be a three-round fight um and has court mcgee ever been submitted never exactly so look at first i was thinking maybe this could be you know an easy one for claudio but look there were some things that uh definitely claudio comes in with the same basic combos i mean he's very, very open to counters um i just think that he's tougher and i think he's going to take more chances uh, very more opportunistic as where courts just looking uh you know outwork a decision nothing wrong with that game plan at all um it's definitely worked out for him in the past but just not lately but this is a matchup on his you know both guys around the same age i mean you know but i think claudio is just gonna you know land a hard left kick to the body or a straight left that hurts court and i don't know if he gets the rear naked choke court's never been submitted he strikes me as a guy that's probably gonna be very tough to get to tap i mean courts like you said he's died before uh he's not he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna you know just go away man but i think claudio honestly just pushes harder i mean that james Krause fight i honestly thought some other guys in that spot would have would have folded up a lot sooner but i mean he just keeps coming forward you could crack him with their best shots and i mean i've seen guys like hot chocolate and brad scott have this dude on the near brink and um and he's still not quit, but at the same time they did have him in bad position. So I understand why the line's close, but personally I'm gonna go with uh, Claudio Silva to get the win just by being more aggressive and taking more chances. Look, Court McGee's style hasn't evolved one bit. I mean, he's three and seven in his last ten fights. He's starting to get dropped now in fights, not just the Condit fight, even the Brady fight. And someone might excuse that by saying oh brady's this top prospect yeah when's brady been known for dropping anything brady's a grinder brady's a submission artist brady ain't out here dropping people with punches except court mcgee and it's one of these things where i don't see you know ben, i mean ben saunders too uh, <laughs> he lost to ben saunders what else should i say you know it's just one of these situations where 
I understand Claudio's getting up there in age, but I don't think the mileage is quite up there um, where, you know, Quartz is. Quartz actually taking a lot of damage in these fights. These fights are getting harder to watch. Um, I personally think Claudio's going to take him down one time and the fight's going to be over shortly after. Um, but if it becomes a three-round war, I also take Claudio there as well. But I I'm going to say first-round submission for Claudio Silva. I do think he will be the first man in MMA history to submit Court McGee. Now, next up in the heavyweight division, we got a matchup between Big Ben Rothwell. He's 38 and 13. He's taking on Chris Barnett, who's 21 and 6. Currently, they got Ben Rothwell minus 350. Come back on Chris Barnett's plus 280. So, listen, man, um, shout out to my boy Terrence Hodges, who actually knocked out Chris Barnett. You know, Terrence Hodges, know him from X3, the gym, and also have called some of his fights in the NFC. A really nice guy. Um, yeah, he, he knocked out Chris Barnett, by the way. And listen, Barnett, you know, he's a fun character. He's like a, a big fat dude, except he's athletic and can break dance and he can throw some spinning kicks and, you know, all this and that. And listen, Ben Rothwell is probably at the worst point in his career right now. I mean, he needs his Flintstone vitamins badly. He is slow as molasses. I, I think that this is a fight Ben Rothwell can win, man. Um, it's just that trusting Rothwell at that price you can't do it. These are heavyweights. Rothwell has not looked good in a long, 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 long time. Like, long-ass fucking time. So you can't lay the price. It's a dog or pass situation. But I, I, I've seen lesser men knock out Chris Barnett. So I, I'm going to go with Ben Rothwell here. Yeah, I mean, look, Rothwell is definitely going to be the pick here. But And you could say, oh, he fought Tybora. He fought... Um, who was the other guy that beat him? Um, Andre? Uh, Ivanov, Andre Arlovsky, and all these guys. But um, but look, think about that fight with Stefan Struve and OSP. You know, he had a light heavyweight, a washed-up light heavyweight in that. And, I mean, the fight was, you know, a split decision. And then we go to the um, his fight with uh, Stefan Struve. I mean, did, did you think that was a good performance? Uh, I mean, that fight yeah. was... If I was like, I mean, Stefan Struve is retired. Um, yeah, look, I think he's going to win this fight, but I agree, man. I can't lay that price on a guy like Ben Rothwell at this stage in his career, um, but especially without the uh, – I forget exactly what he uh, tested tested Posse for, but, you know, uh, he needs that because, I mean, whenever he's on that stuff, man, he, uh, he'll pull out – he'll tap out Josh Barnett. He'll, uh, you know, finish Mitrion and – you know, knock out Brandon Vera, you know, so uh, uh, Brandon Schaub in Atlanta. So, you know, uh, honestly, man, I think over him, over him. I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if Rothwell lost this fight because I want to see him get get in Bellator, you know, get get the get the roids back in you. And then let's bring out the old heavyweights in Bellator. You know, we got Fedor still in the mix. We got um, who's the heavyweight <laughs> champion? And, uh, you know, let's get a uh, they just signed Is, ADS, right? Yeah, Bader, like man, let's get Ben in there and let's get him back on the juice. Uh, Tim Johnson's doing his thing over there. Congo's still in the mix, so you know, I, I, I see. I wouldn't be mad if Chris Barnett won this fight, but you know, he's just not very impressive to me. But uh, I just think Rothwell's got too much UFC experience. Check Congo versus Ben Rothwell would be a very uh, appealing fight to watch, wouldn't it, Shaq? Like, especially on stage. <laughs> <laughs> steroids like hell yeah man Why not? Uh, next up in the featherweight division we got a matchup between bill algio he's 14 and 5 he's taking on ricardo ramos who's 14 and 3 currently they got 
Bill Algio minus 120. The comeback on Ricardo Ramos is plus 100. That's exactly where the fight opened. Minus 120, Algio, just a slight lean on him. I mean, which way are you leaning, man? Because, I mean, Ramos is a talented kid. We've known this for a very long time. Algio is starting to come into his own into the UFC. I, I like I, I like the point they're meeting at, and uh, it's at featherweight as well. What do you think? It's a tough fight. It's a tough fight for me. One of the cl- uh, closer fights on the card, just due to the fact that it's a, it's a tough dilemma of we know who might be tougher, and but that same tough guy kind of puts himself in a lot of bad positions. Uh, he's also a black belt. I don't, um, I'm not sure if Ramos is even a black He probably is a black belt by now, but um, Bill Algio's a black belt. And, I mean, look, he's comfortable in these bad positions. I got a lot of respect for Bill Algio uh, since that Brendan Lofname fight. Um, Brendan Lofname, you know, definitely put it on him, beat him soundly uh, every single round. Was, I was impressed with the toughness. Um, he fought Burgos. He fought Jared Gordon. Lost all respectable guys on the local scene. His fight with Ricardo Lamas going into the fight, I was watching Bill Algio's fight saying, like, man, I think uh, Lamas might have a tough fight on his hands. Um, and, and, I mean, he got fight of the night. I mean, he gave Lamas everything he could. Um, and Lamas is one of the better 45-fivers to ever do it. Then he whoops up on Spike Carlisle. Um, I mean, a lot more easier than uh, Billy Corintillo did for sure. And I like Bill Algio. I know he's the tougher guy. It's just that he puts himself in bad spots sometimes. Um, like in that Spike fight, he kind of let Spike take the bat back a little bit too much for me to – definitively say that Ramos can uh, capitalize on something like that, man. Um, Ramos's issue is, man, the talent's there, the speed, the power, I mean, the physique. It's just all mental and in, in, in here, man. Um, like the Leron Murphy fight, look, I understand Leron Murphy is a strong dude and he's undefeated, but I, I still feel like Ramos has more experience than him. I'm not saying that he, he's the for sure the better fighter between the two, but just the way that that fight turned out was a, is a letdown for, in my opinion, and some of his other performance down, down the stretches, uh, down the stretch in tough fights, like the Mr. Perf, uh, against Kyung Ho Kang, he kind of folded in that third round, the Tanaka fight, he kind of folded in that third round. Um, his fight with journey Newsom, I, I thought he could have done a little bit better. Look, I think, I, I think that he's got enough talent for me to not lay chalk against him. But I mean, look, the 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 proof is in the pudding. If he quits again, I mean, all the evidence <laughs> is there to uh, to say. But man, he's such a young kid. Like, it kind of reminds me of. I'm not trying to compare him to Charles, saying that he's going to be a champion. But look at all the times that Charles, man, you know, like sometimes he's young. They, you know, they come in the UFC. Look at the hype Ramos has had, you know, from a very early age. Kind of like Tiago Moises at a young age. Uh, a lot of hype and a lot of just you know, quit jobs on in the younger stages of their careers. But who knows if he can uh, figure it out, man. I Because I, I honestly do believe he's the more talented fighter, um, the more physical fighter. It's just that Algio's a tough, tough, tough customer. He's not going to stop coming forward. He'll eat your shot and keep f- coming forward. But I'm going to actually take Ramos by split this, like a close, close decision. Um, I think he's going to finally man up and do it, man. We'll, we'll see. Um but it's going to be a tough fight. I wouldn't be shocked if I if it was a close fight and then Algio broke him in the late rounds. I mean, Algio, I got a lot of respect for his toughness. So, But um, I, I don't see any value like either side betting-wise. So you're saying that um, Ricardo Ramos has a win over Mr. Perfect. 
Kyung Ho Kang, because now he's fighting Senor Perfecto, which also translates to Mr. Perfect. So you already beat one Mr. Perfect. Let's see if he can beat another one. But listen, man, um, I like Algio's volume a lot. He's one of these guys that paid his dues on the regional scene, just like you talked about. I mean, he was fighting. He was going to decision with Jared Gordon on the regional scene. You know, he fought Lofnane on contenders. So he's fought the right guys outside the UFC, paid his dues. And now I think he's ready to shine. And the thing with Ramos, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the Oliveira comparison because I agree. There's times when you see these little flashes of brilliance in Ramos's game. And this has been going on for a long time. Because actually, if you recall, prior to his UFC run, so you remember Dana White show looking for a fight. So Dana was in the front row at this legacy fight. Yeah, yeah, at the legacy fight. Before it was called LFA. It was called Legacy. And Dana was front row to see Ricardo Ramos fight Manny Vasquez. And he ends up getting choked out in the first round. But Dana was still like, you know what? I mean, the kid was only like 19, 20, 21 at the time. He gave him another chance watches him again on looking for a fight um, against Alfred Kashakian, you know, the guy that O'Malley knocked on a contenders, the guy that Sergio Pettis ran through his uh, Bellator debut. And, you know, obviously Ricardo finished him, gets into the UFC, goes on a good little run, had a couple setbacks here and there. I mean, the trend's been the same in all his losses. You know, you stand up to this guy, you make it kind of tough. Or if you just swarm him out the gate, uh, those are the ways to beat him. But, you know, if we start getting into spots where Ricardo starts taking his back, I feel like he can hold his back for an entire round, if not submit him. Um, but, you know, Algio's a black belt, but I'm just saying he gives up position a lot. He does get hit a lot. So there's things I'm worried about. But I do agree with you on the toughness front. I definitely think Algio's the tougher guy, especially right now. But with with Ramos, w- one day I believe that the, the mental is going to catch up with the physical. And when that happens, watch out. Is it now? I don't know. I mean, he is 25 uh, years old. Maybe now it took Oliveira until he was like 30 for him to do it. I know they're different people, so I don't really know. I'm going to lean Algio because of the volume and the output. But I agree with you that, you know, we, we shouldn't be riding off a guy like Ramos and the kind of improvements he can make. And speaking of the kind of improvements someone can make, let's talk about this next fight with Edmund Shabazi. And in the middleweight division, Edmund's 11 and one. He's taking on Jack the Joker Hermanson, who's 21 and six. Currently, they got. Jack Hermanson minus one seventy five. The comeback on Edmund Shabazian is plus one thirty five. So Edmund's another one of these cases where I wouldn't write him off quite yet. I mean, you got to understand he's just a kid. Let me look exactly how old he is. I believe twenty three off the top of my head, but let me confirm twenty three. Correct. Okay, so he's one of these guys that I know people are saying he ain't the toughest. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that's true. And the reason why I say that is because he's one of these phenoms where like literally. Everything's been so easy for him. Like, he'll just throw a strike. Guys will go down. I mean, he's just running through people. He's getting the guys like Brad Tavares. Like, it's nothing. And then the second he saw adversity, obviously things didn't go his way. But I think it might have been more of a case where he's just never been put in those spots before. Now he has. So now is going to be the test of if he can overcome adversity because now he's been put in these bad spots. I mean, the two times he went past the first round against Stewart and against Brunson, obviously shit got sketchy. Um but I'm curious to see if going forward there's something he can do about fixing it because I don't, I, I don't just think that he's a first round or bust kind of guy. I think that you know he made a couple young mistakes, got a little overexcited in some fights, and you know it cost him. Um, but I've seen a well-rounded skill set. Obviously, you know the knockout power with his hands, with his kicks, 
is takedown abilities there too. I mean, you saw the Darren Stewart fight, despite that third round getting sketchy. I mean, he landed like a bunch of fucking takedowns on Darren Stewart, man. So he can do it all, really. Um, and with Jack Hermanson, it's funny if you want to call, you know, Edmund first round or bust. I think Jack has a little bit of that similar quality too, man. I understand he won a five round decision against a washed up Jacare, but for the most part, uh, Jack Hermanson's best wins have come inside the first round, and um. You know, I think it's going to be kind of hard to take down a guy like Edmund Shabazi. And, and I do think that the, the thing we've always criticized about Jack is, you know, his, his striking defense ain't exactly the best. He kind of has a bit of a herky-jerky style. And I think when he was on the come-up and he was kind of the dark horse in the middleweight division, like, not only was he fighting guys that, you know, he could style on, like Dave Branch and Jacques Array, but I also think that now people are starting to figure out his style a bit because at the time, no one had ever seen, you know, footwork like that. And we weren't really sure if he's a Euro striker or if he's a submission grappler. He's got that nasty guillotine. Uh, but now I think people are starting to figure out his style a little bit. And I actually think that Edmund's going to come out here and knock Jack out in the first round. I think Jack took too much damage that last fight. Not, not, not necessarily to come back again. He should definitely come back again, but I think he's coming back a little bit too soon. That last one, well, he, I mean, he broke his orbital. He got knocked down. He got fucked up for five straight rounds. Um, look, do I agree with Jack being slightly favored? Yeah, you can make that argument 100%, but I would say this is a dog or pass situation. Now, I'm going to take the dog. I'm going to take Edmund to bounce back in style. He's had nine months off. You give a 23-year-old nine months off to work on improvements, and I, I think he's going to come out here looking like, a new man, I think he's going to knock out Jack in the first round. I'm going to go Edmund for the upset. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I think Shabazian's good, man. Good striker, good power, definitely a knockout. But, you know, as of right now, the first round are bust. I mean, that you know, we'll see. Because right now it stands true. <laughs> His uh, fight with Darren Stewart, you know, definitely uh, – I mean, he was looking at Darren Stewart's not even a top 50 guy, in my opinion. Look, this is honestly, this is a good fight. Look, I agree that Hermanson should be favored, and I'm not as high on uh, Hermanson as I once was. I think Hermanson's almost borderline one-trick pony. I mean, he's just going to come out with the takedowns and, and try to get the sub or a leg lock. And Jay, we all know Jack doesn't like getting hit. Um, his last fight against Vittori got his eye socket fucked up if i'm not mistaken um in the first round uh so we'll see how he bounces back from that so i think jack kermanson is in um kind of a similar spot than, than shabazzian my issue with shabazzian is the wrestling i i think that his early career has been so so easy and honestly the opponents were not up to par i mean we're talking about charles bird you know not in the ufc darren stewart a losing record in the ufc right or 500 at best, like, you know, um, Brad Tavares, definitely a spectacular win to beat Tavares at that age. But look, timing is, is a lot in the sport. And Brad Tavares was coming off a, a, a serious layoff, a, a smorgageborg of injuries against uh, from the Adesanya fight. I mean, it was good timing. And then the uh, Brunson fight, we, we basically what happened was just, Anytime the wrestling exchanges, they uh, he would be extremely tired. But the the thing is, Brunson's got power on the feet to threaten him as well, and and Jack doesn't have that. So, look, I think Jack Hermanson could tire him out in the wrestling. And some of those wrestling exchanges, uh, grappling, jujitsu exchanges with Vittori, am I a little concerned that they're a little too complex for Shabazian? Maybe, maybe he's just you know he's still tw what twenty three four still twenty three twenty three four. 
you know, I know he lost to uh, Brunson, a serious vet, but he's fighting another vet, Cage Warriors champ, a guy that's, even though these guys are washed up, I mean, he beat him. Um, you know, another uh, another top guy who's, I mean, look, I don't, I think Jackson won Chick Pony, but experience is a lot in this game. And I mean, he, you could give him a lot of credit for even surviving that uh, Marvin Vittori fight because, I mean, Marvin Vittori is one of the biggest, strongest more consistent athletes in that middleweight division. And I mean, he, after that first round, the way he went down, I thought he was gonna gonna shove up in like a ball like he has in the past. But you know, he had some fight. He had some fight and I'm um, concerned about Hermanson that he's been figured out. I, I I think it's a dog or pass situation as well. Um, I don't know how live he is, but I, I am concerned about the grappling aspect in this fight. Is Can he maintain his punch power? Can he maintain his punch speed, you know, in the late rounds? Because in that fight with Brunson and Darren Stewart, I mean, he couldn't. Um, and that's just the truth about it. Um, and a lot of his wins, I'm not saying they're circumstantial, but besides Brad Tavares, none of those guys are anything to write home about. I can name 10 other guys that would finish those those guys as well. Um, I mean, Eric Anders, I mean, you saw with Darren Stewart. And, I mean, Derek, uh, Darren Stewart lost, lost to Bartos Fabinski. Like, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm going to pick uh, Edmund as well. Um, I think it should be, you know, Jack should be the favorite. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think it could go either way. I wouldn't be shocked if Jack dominated them either. So we'll see what happens. Now, next up in the flyweight division, we got a, a prospect showdown between the Czech Republic's David Dvorak, he's 19 and three. He's taking on Brazil's Howley and Paiva, who's 20 and three. Currently, they got David Dvorak minus 160. The comeback on Howley and Paiva is plus 130. Man, uh, two very promising prospects, young, hungry lions in the flyweight division. I know both these guys want to work their way up to a title shot and, uh, Someone's going to have to take a setback here Saturday night, Shaq. So how you see this fight playing out? I mean, you know, I love the flyweight division. Um, I've always been a fan of Halion Paiva, a, a serious young warrior from Brazil. I mean, he's a banger. He's going to come forward and throw. Um, his last fight wasn't the most impressive. I mean, he had some circumstances going against him. Was down in uh, Abu Dhabi by himself, getting cornered by, you know, people that he doesn't even train with like that. And, and he still uh, got the win over Zalgas, but I think Halion Paiva really hasn't necessarily shown his best. I think the kid's definitely capable of more. Um, you know, I just think he needs more time. And Dvorak, I mean, look, Dvorak is solid. Um, definitely a lot better than I thought coming in. Um, but, man, I got a lot of respect for that Euro scene. Those Euro fighters, I mean, I'll tell you what, they – they come very prepared, man. And I mean, Dvorak is a chess player. Do you can tell the dude is very smart. The only issue I have with Dvorak is his chin. I think he's chinny. Um, there was a moment in the Espinosa fight where he got wobbled, but other than that, I mean, he dominated. There was a moment in the uh, Bruno Silva fight he got rocked with a front kick. Um, but I mean, dude has a very consistent, sharp style, good counters. Um, the only issue, I mean, he kind of leads in with his head and he, he'll get rocked from time to time. And Paiva is a serious banger. Um, and we haven't seen Paiva in a long time, but who knows? It's one of those things where it's like laying that much against a guy like Paiva, man. That's a, that's going to be a, that's going to be a sweat because Paiva will come after you. I do think some of the value might have gone away as much as I, I like highly on Paiva. Look, there is some things to capitalize on. Sometimes he gets a little lackadaisical in there. He makes a little bit of a, a, a sloppy mistakes. Um, 
in that uh not you know not only in that Zalgos fight but even some moments in the in the De La Rosa fight I felt like there were some shots he got caught with that he shouldn't have or um but look on the given day man it's good he could be the favorite in this fight look I Dvorak, I, I respect him enough. I think, I mean, I just have a lot of respect for that Euro scene, you know, especially the Czechs. Look at the, what the Muradov and, uh, and uh, Prohaska are doing right now, man. They're they're over here undefeated in the UFC. And, I mean, Dvorak has, I mean, it's like, do I have enough reason to fade him? I mean, Bruno, I have a lot of respect for Bruno Bulldog Silva because, like, when I, when I really look back at the shit that this dude's been in the UFC, I mean, Taha on steroids, I already mentioned it earlier, like, Bruno Bulldog, I think, is going to find himself back to 500 and, I mean, and maybe, uh, you know, be, become a, a staple Brazilian in the UFC, man. I truly believe that, man. So, I, like, I think it's a good fight. I'm going to pick Halion. I'm a little more biased just because I'm a big fan, but I wouldn't be shocked if Dvorak, you know, taught him a lesson and, you know, really uh, just out. He's, I just think Dvorak might be better positionally. In terms of chin, I think Paiva's got the better chin, is more durable. But uh, positionally, execution-wise, focus-wise, I think Dvorak has an advantage. I wouldn't be shocked if he won. But betting perspective, man, uh, it's a pass fight for me. Yeah, no, this is a fantastic fight. Obviously, Dvorak, he's been proving himself, man. Uh, I felt like he had a significantly better performance against Espinosa, And in the debut against Bruno Bulldog, overcame adversity. He's just a solid guy, man. The calf kick game is really on point. His top pressure. I, I don't really have anything bad to say about uh, David Dvorak. Uh, with Howley and Paiva, I think the reason I've been so impressed by him is because right now he's actually at that point where you remember a prime James Vick where you could like hit him with anything and the dude will come forward and just has that volume and that will to win. And that's kind of what pa Paiva reminds me of right now in his career. I think he can take those big shots. And I also think he's a smart guy. I think that he's an alpha male in california like that's the shit i like to see man like that's what i want marina rodriguez to do that's what my girl yan Xiaonan did like uh when oh, these foreign camp at alpha male yeah he did this camp at alpha male like when these foreign fighters like make the decision like hey like let's get out of our comfort zone go to the usa like i love it you know what i mean so i'm very happy to see that holly and you know he's training with cody garbrandt with uriah faber with all the studs over there and you know, that's only going to improve his game that, uh, this much more. You know, his wrestling defense might not be the best, but his jujitsu and his scrambling is very on point. He can bang, too. He can take a shot. I am kind of worried. You know, he's a tall guy, skinny legs. You know, maybe he gets chopped down a little bit. But this ain't Jordan Espinosa, man, um, who has proven that, you know, I thought, look, I thought Espinosa was a talented guy. He just couldn't put it together in the UFC, whereas... I think that Hallian can and will and has, man. I mean, he made his UFC debut against Kaikar France in New Zealand. He was a plus 220 dog, and it was a split decision that could have gone either way. His next fight, he takes on Bontarin. They're having a hell of a fight, and it was an unfortunate cut stoppage. So both his losses. Look, I know if you had a ticket on him, officially it's an L, but if, if we're not just looking at results and we're actually looking at what happened, I mean, He's been competitive in all all four of his UFC fights and, um, you know, obviously knocked out Mark De La Rosa, which a lot of people couldn't do. A lot of people beat Mark De La Rosa, but not too many people were out there knocking him out. I know Alex Perez didn't knock him out. Um, and then the next fight with Zalgas, like, there were circumstances, man. I mean, firstly, the flight to Abu Dhabi, that's enough of a circumstances. But how about the flight to Abu Dhabi without all your corner, man? You're a big flyaway. You have to cut all this weight. So now we get 
Jessica Andrade and Eliza Zaleski's people to corner us. And it's like, yeah, they speak Portuguese. So, you know, at least he could understand. But these aren't his teammates. These aren't his coaches. He doesn't know these people. So, yeah, I, I think that. And I actually thought he looked amazing like the first seven minutes. I don't know what happened. There was some kind of body shot that Zagas landed that kind of slowed Paiva down or something. But I felt like the first like seven minutes of that fight, Paiva was looking fucking on point. And he uh, he tore his ACL, and he's coming back in, like, record-breaking time, man. I, I feel like he's one of these, like, super durable guys. And, like, one of these guys, like, uh, I'm going to bring up Tony Ferguson, but for a different reason. You know how, like, uh, Tony Ferguson's last two fights, like, you saw, like, um, Charles Oliveira get that deep arm bar, and then you saw Benny get that deep heel hook and, like, not tap. And, you know, I recommend tapping in those situations, obviously. But I think Paiva's one of those, like, flexible as shit guys that you can do stuff like that too he ain't gonna tap i think he's one of those guys man and it's gonna be a close sweaty competitive fight but i'm gonna go with piva to edge it out man i think it's a dog or pass situation and you know i'm rolling with my favorite flyweight prospect uh holly and piva but all respect to uh david dvorak i think he'll be back and i think he'll be back better 100 percent now, next up in the featherweight division, we got a matchup between Felicia Spencer. She's eight and two. She's taking on Norma Dumont, who's five and one. Currently, they got Felicia Spencer minus 192. The comeback on Norma Dumont's plus 167. So I don't really have, you know, too much like to work with on the Norma Dumont side, but I, I like what I've seen. You know what I mean? Um, she's physical, she hits hard. I, I need I have some questions about the ground game, not because I've seen bad things but just because i don't know like is she a black belt is she a brown belt because one thing i do know is felicia spencer is a black belt and you know felicia spencer if she takes norma dumont's back yeah i'm gonna be pretty fucking worried about that aside from that though man i feel like felicia spencer like she's she's tough as hell don't get me wrong but i feel like she's kind of a punching bag and i i feel like she's only got one way to win fights you know, and that one way is great. Hey, like I said, she takes Norma Dumont's back. There's a good chance she wraps this one up. But to lay minus 190 or whatever the price is on a one trick pony. And we're not even sure that Norma's got a weakness in that department. And the one trick pony, well, we're not we're not dealing with like an Andre Muniz where it's like guaranteed that he, he gets on top of you or gets you in any bad spot. It's going to be a wrap or, you know, Claudio Silva, he takes your back. It's it's pretty much guaranteed it's a wrap. Uh, I, I'm sketched out by, by Spencer at this price, so I'm actually going to go with Dumont here. Piece her up, keep it standing, and I think you should, I think she should win if she can do that. Yeah, man. Uh, Felicia Spencer, I got a lot of respect for her. I mean, she, I, I faded her against Cyborg. Not that it was a sweat, but I, I, thought, she, uh, I thought she'd go down first round for sure. <laughs> um, and then uh, the Nunes fight thought she'd go down for sure there too, so um i mean she can definitely take punishment but yeah man i've never been impressed with her like striking for sure i mean striking wise it's uh i mean it's borderline uh cindy dandwell level um i mean it's like i mean she uh i mean her head movement is just atrocious if norma can keep this upright um I mean, what I saw from her last fight, um, she's like, a, she does, she did Sonda. I mean, she's got big power. She's a slugger. Uh, she's got some kicks. She, I think she's a brown belt in jujitsu. Um, not black, but brown. Um, but you know, in, in Brazil, that might be, you know, um, uh, that might be a legit, a real legit brown belt. So yeah, man, I think the value is all on Norma in this spot. Um, I know she did have the botch, the botch weight cut not too long, but I don't think she needs to be fighting at that weight class, man. She's a little too thick for that. 
with two C's, and I, and I just think that she needs to to fight in her you know normal weight class at 145 pounds and and be healthy for these fights because. Felicia Spencer, I think this, the reason why this line's been a little bit so inflated is just due to the fact that she's been in there with Cyborg and Amanda Nunes. Granted, she lost eight oh for eight on the rounds there, but you know she she was in she was in there with them. She's you know people know her. I don't think even half the people really in the betting market know who Norma Dumont is. So uh, <laughs> that's why well, we, we know who Norma is. <laughs> you know we know who Norma is. Uh, you know, um, but I think, uh, I, you know, matter of fact, Norma's actually been in Las Vegas for this camp. She didn't go back to Brazil. She uh, did this camp with um, with uh, John Wood and them and, and, and Joanne Calderwood. So, you know, uh, I, I think Norma's going to come in here and got, have a little surprise for Felicia, man. Uh, she was even hitting takedowns on um, on Evan Smith, who is a, is a college wrestler. So, you know, um, I was I was impressed by Norma. You know, I was honestly thinking she was going to knock out uh, the chick she was scheduled to fight. Um, Zara Fern, uh, maybe? No, um, Blanchfield. Um, oh, Blanchfield, yeah. Blanchfield's too small for her. Yeah, I was thinking Norma was going to knock her out, dude, honestly. <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, I, I like Norma Dumont, man. I do as well. Um, we're, big fa- we're big fans of Norma Dumont. We'd love to sponsor her. Now, featured bout in the heavyweight division, we got Justin Taffa, who's four and two. He's taking on Jared Vandera, who's eleven and five. Currently, they got Justin Taffa minus one seventy-five. The comeback on Jared Vandera is plus one fifty-five. So, a lot of people love fading Justin Taffa for whatever reason. I mean, I, I get why. You know, he came into the UFC only three and zero. I even bet on Jorgen De Castro against him, um, but. I've picked him every fight since. I mean, I didn't pick him against Felipe, but I definitely, you know, I picked him against that complete and total fraud, Juan Adams, which people were laying like minus 200 something shock on Juan Adams in a UFC fight. But anyways, he was, I, he was the favorite over Greg too. And um, <laughs> Arjan Bueller, which I both bet on. <laughs> bet, bet on th- thank you, Greg and Arjan for that easy dog money. But uh, listen, you saw my boy Arjun win that one FC belt, by the way. Yeah, hey, you know he's proving he's proving people wrong. You know what I'm saying, Shaq? But uh, yeah. So uh, listen, I think Justin Taffa. It's one of these cases where he got into the UFC super young. I mean, he was three and zero as a pro, and I think that even though he's only had six pro fights, I don't think we can judge him as some random guy with six pro fights. I think that certain fights he's going to come out there and win. And I thought. I thought he had a competitive fight with Carlos Felipe, despite who you score it for. I mean, the line going into that fight was like minus 250, Carlos Felipe, and Justin Taffa gave him an honest knock, man. They had a real good fight, and I think that Taffa is progressing. I I feel like the finished version of Taffa is going to look a little bit like Mark Hunt. You know, he's got that he's got that Samoan uh, kickboxing style, man. He's got that sneaky upper hook, uh, that sneaky uh, – fuck, man, I can't talk. That sneaky uppercut, that leaping left hook, those big leg kicks. Uh, I think his takedown defense is improving. And with Vandera, I, I can't say I've ever truly been impressed, man. I mean – you know he'll he'll he's he's a tough guy. He'll take your best shots. He'll keep walking forward. But like being being a walking punching bag against Tafa just doesn't seem like a good game plan to me. And I know people are talking about this alleged wrestling that Jared Vandera has. Um, I mean like let let let's relax on that. I'm I'm assuming he's gonna try to get this to the mat, no doubt about it. But I don't think that this is um you know all American or, you know, so some credentialed wrestler. I, I don't think it's anything like that at all. Um, I think Justin Tava is going to knock him out in the first round. So I, I'm going Taffa here. 
Yeah, um, it's an interesting fight, man. Cause look, I'm not high on Vandera at all. Um, never been. I I wanted to bet Spivak against him. Um, it, and he lost to uh the guy that knocked Verdum out after getting tapped out. Uh, what's his name? Um, Hannon Fer- Ferreira. Yeah, Hannon Ferreira. Vandera fought that guy and uh, lost. Got dominated. Uh, pretty for the most part. But man, this is a tough fight because look, I I respect the you know where Tafas come. Uh. You know, in this short time, three and zero, um, and he fought the Casho. Look, pulled you know several rookie mistakes in that fight. Then the uh, Juan Adams fight, you know, great performance there, and definitely did his thing against Carlos Boy Felipe. Um, but man, you know, this is a different matchup in my opinion, just due to the fact that Vandera. I feel like he's probably gonna show up a little better. Not saying that his job's on the line, but I mean the way that first fight went with uh, against Sergey Spivak. You know, but I, and I truly feel like Spivak is one of the top up and comers in that heavyweight division. Um, I still think Tafa, this is just a different matchup in the fact that one thing about Vandera is he's a big goof, man. I mean, when I say a big goof, like dude's huge, uh, 265, uh, like big dude, like he's a, I mean, dude's got a hard head too. Uh, I mean, I've seen these dudes crack him and I mean, he just eats it no problem. Um, and he's not a wrestler, but he's a, a jujitsu guy. Um, but it's just plain and simple. He's better at jujitsu than Justin Taffa. Um, I mean, that's just the facts about it. And Justin Taffa, there, as, as much as that was a great fight, I, I expect there to be the more to be more clinch in this fight, more you know, uh, dirty boxing. Um, man, at that price, I don't like it. I don't. I don't like you know because I have to do bring up the six fights. But he does have more experience than uh, Vandera, but. Vendera can can have some tools if he if he just you know clinches more. I think if he comes in with a clinch game plan, I think he's got a lot of size on Tafa. I think he can frustrate a, a younger guy. As where I feel like the boy Felipe fight, boy Felipe is a is a, a heavy slugger, you know, a boxer who's gonna is looking at they just stood in the middle and and uh, you know said, "Come on, man, let's go back and forth and let's try to knock each other out." As where I think this fight is gonna be a little more tactical. Not saying that Jared Jared Vendera is some tactical. Uh, guy, because I mean, just listen to him talk. He is, uh, it might be a lot of space up in that head, but I think uh, he's huge and I think he's got a lot of size on top. I'm not sure exactly how much Tafa weighs. Um, I'm guessing like in the 240s, uh, maybe 250s, as where uh, Vendera is like you know, full 265 and, and a big tall boy. So, um, I, I'm a pick Tafa, but from a betting perspective, I, I don't think you can lay that price on him just yet. I know that was a great fight, his last fight, but this isn't going to be a, a, a boxing match in the center of the ring. You know, this is going to be more of a clinch. Uh, you know, he is going to probably look to test that grappling a little bit. Um, and, and, and I just don't know if we have enough evidence yet at that price to say Tafa, you know, can, can deal with some of these situations on the ground. But Make no mistake about it. I mean, Jerry Vendera's out here fighting uh, Harry Horn, the horny guy, uh, Harry Hornsuckle or Hornbuckle or some. I mean, Hunsucker. that guy, Hunsucker. I mean, that dude was complete, <laughs> that dude was complete trash. But I'd love uh, to know the lineage of that name. <laughs> Hornsucker. What? What? Horn, what's it? Say it again. Hunsucker. Hunsucker. Okay. <laughs> um, and real quick, know. real quick. Um, now, uh, Taffa weighs two sixty five. Oh, he weighs two sixty five. Really? Yeah, he cuts yeah. to make heavyweight. Damn. So I'll take that back then, because it seemed like Boy Felipe was just a little stronger than him. But uh, I think, because I know Boy Felipe is two sixty five, right? Um, yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I'll go with Tafa. But from a betting perspective, uh, I don't know. I don't like the number. I feel you. Co-main event of the evening in the strawweight division. We got a title eliminator between Yan Zhao Nan. She's 13-1. and one. She's taking on the former champion and the former uh, ultimate fighter winner, Carla Esparza, who is 17-6. and six. Currently, they got Yan Zhao Nan minus 125, and the comeback on Carla Esparza is plus 105. I mean, everybody knows we've been high on Yan since day one. And look at our prospect make it all the way to a title eliminator against arguably the toughest stylistic matchup she's ever faced against a former champion, against a person who finished Rose Nama Yunus. I mean, I got nothing but good things to say about Carla Esparza. So now I got to know, man, is our top prospect about to make it to the title shot here by defeating the former champion? Yeah, I mean, Carla Esparza, she's that girl that, you know, I mean, she's that girl that gives out them first losses, man. I mean, I mean, she, that's what she does. Um, and, but man, Yan Chao Nan, her last performance, man, that was something else. Uh, I mean, that the way she dealt with that, I honestly thought she executed that game plan, like, honestly, to a T. Um, we knew that in the first round would be, you know, tough. Gadelia is a big, strong girl, black belt, Novun Yao. And, uh, I mean, second, third round, she did exactly what she was supposed to do, stayed away from the kicks mostly, and, and just boxed there. I think Nan, this, Nan Chow Nan is one of the most disciplined athletes, not only in the starweight division, but in the UFC. I mean, she just moves like uh, someone that's very calculated. Now, Esparza, look, I gotta, I think she's one-dimensional, but that one dimension is f- pretty, pretty fucking amazing. I mean, I, I think that her boxing's gotten better, but in this fight, she won't have any striking, trust me. <laughs> you know, I think that that one dimension she's got is great. But I think that all those girls that she did that to have not been making the improvement uh, in terms of at the times of when Esparza fought them and did not show the signs of improvement that Yan Chao Nan showed in that Claudia Gadelia fight. I mean, if we look at the Marina Rodriguez fight, the previous fight before that against Cynthia Calvillo, she almost got stopped in the third round. Not to mention the Randall, uh, Randall Marcos performance. Alexa Grasso had been tapped out in the on the ground. She had um, lost fights to Felice Herrick, you know, due to wrestling. As where um, and uh, Michelle Watterson, you know, that fight was close, man. I mean, it could have. I mean, there, not much happened. I mean, look, I, I respect Carla Esparza, but she's just one of these persons that is looking to, you know, get these takedowns and eke out a win, and you know, put her head, put her. I mean, put her head in between them legs, and she looked. She's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna dive on them singles and doubles all night long. But man, I just think that Yan Chowman's distance game is gonna really frustrate her. Like Grasso was flat-footed, uh, flat-footed boxer. Um, Michelle Waterson only got taken down once, and it was just briefly. Um, and that was more of like karate style. That's where Chowman's got like a way better stance. And then you got um. Marina Rodriguez, another flat-footed Muay Thai person, man. So I think uh, Yan Chanan's distance game is going to really frustrate her. I think she's going to stick to the boxing and the hands. And I think Carla Esparza is going to be taking some shots from really far out. And just look at the last fight against Gedalia, man. I mean, even in them second and third rounds. By the way, Gedalia was taking down Cla- uh, Carla Esparza in the second and third rounds almost at will, man. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying trying to come say that, you know, Chanan's a better uh, – 
a better grappler than her and is going to take her down. But that just shows you the improvements that Yan Chowman has made. You know, even after that fight against Godot, she went back to Team Alpha Male to go learn some more wrestling defense, man. And I think Saturday nights are coming out party. I think there's a this is a mismatch out in space. I think she can make Carla Esparza look really silly. I don't think like Michelle Watterson is not the person that's going to make you pay. Michelle Watterson's not known for inflicting damage. I mean, she's known for, you know, you know, looking cute and, and he can out split decisions. You know what I'm saying? I give her props in the Marina Rodriguez fight, but Marina Rodriguez also had some factors going against her going into that weekend. Not saying that um, Carla wouldn't have won and, you know, if it was anywhere else, but I honestly thought Carla made a lot more mistakes in that fight. Like she got those takedowns for sure, but she was dropping for leg locks, getting elbowed. Like, I mean, her face was ugly after that fight, man. Uh, I mean, it was covered in blood, two black eyes. So props to her, tough girl. But I just think Chow Man, it, it, I think you just need to be more dynamic to beat her. I only think Carla Esparza has one dimension in her game. And I just think that she comes too prepared or camp and, and they come prepared for these game plans. And they just had a similar, uh, maybe not similar style of grappling, but similar mo i mean claudia gadelia is one of the more experienced chicks in that in that division uh serious black belt and i mean she passed that test with flying colors and i think she passes the uh carla esparza test by honestly a, a pretty good decision victory here man i'm not saying it's going to be 30 26 or 30 27 but i think after this fight you're going to know for sure who won and, and i think it's going to be Chowman. Listen, all due respect to Carla Esparza. I mean, she was the first ever strawweight champion. She was the first ever strawweight ultimate fighter winner. You look at her resume. I mean, she's beat a bunch of good strikers. I mean, she beat Marina Rodriguez, Alexa Grasso, Marina Moroz. Uh, she's been in there with Joanna. She finished Rose Namajunas. So, I mean, the the resume of Carla Esparza is truly admirable. And I, I got nothing bad to say about her in that respect. And now there, there are some arguments a lot of people might think her last three fights i mean i wasn't one of them but a lot of people were saying alexa grasso got robbed a lot of people were saying michelle watterson got robbed a lot of people were saying marina rodriguez should have won that fight based off damage so i'm not one of those people but what i will say is there's not a single yan Zhaonan fight that's that's debatable it's not a single fight where you can say the other person should have won or this her fights are decisive and i think this fight's going to be decisive too listen I know on paper it seems like striker versus grappler, and it, and it might be in black and white terms, but I think it's a I think it's a little more complicated than that. I mean, getting in on someone like Yan Xiaonan, and she's so disciplined, she uses her jab uh, in a way to deter you from shooting in for those takedowns, and then you start to show her any kind of weakness, and then she'll start throwing that sidekick to the face, which we've been waiting. One of these days, she's gonna knock someone out with that. Uh, uh, mark my words on that. We've been waiting for that. It's gonna happen eventually. Maybe not here. Um, and I think that Carla is going to give her a good, tough fight. I think we're going to get to see how our takedown defense is. I think we're going to get to see how our get-up game is. But I think that once Yan Xiaonan proves that, hey, I can stuff, I can get back up. Because, look, this is what I love about Yan Xiaonan. You know, with, with someone like Marina Rodriguez, I mean, I've always talked about how great her striking is. And I've always said, man, if she could just improve her takedown defense and her get-up game this much, she, she could fight for a title. But... You know, she refuses to leave Brazil. She refuses to leave her comfort zone. Whereas you got someone like Yan Shana, she's out here in California at Team Alpha Male. Literally, she's got two high-level credentialed wrestlers working with her privately every single day. I mean, 
that to me is a sign of a future world champion. That's to, that to me is the sign of someone who takes their career seriously, who tries to improve on their weaknesses, and who wants to show that, hey, I, I'm not just in this to tell people that I won a couple of UFC fights. I'm in this to be a world champion. And I think that's where Yan Xiaonan is, and I think I've known that since day one. And I think Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada, live at the UFC Apex, I think she's going to beat the former champion, Carlos Barza, via unanimous decision, possibly late TKO, most likely unanimous decision. And I think we're going to know that Yan Xiaonan is the dark horse of the division. Yan Xiaonan is the future champion. Um, you know, it, it was always a collision course between Yan Xiaonan and Wiley Zhang. And the whole time, I, I've been more impressed with Yan Xiaonan the entire time. I'm not just saying that because uh, Wiley lost her last fight. I, I've been saying this before even the Joanna fight, man. Um, I've always thought that Yan Xiaonan was the more talented of the two. But Wiley touched gold first. Now it's Yan Xiaonan's turn. So all due respect to Carlos Barza. She'll be back. But uh, I got to go with uh, Yan Xiaonan here via unanimous decision. Oh, uh, Rose Namajunas ain't done fighting Chinese people yet. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, I cannot wait is all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, to give her another one. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be good, too. I mean, or if they want Marina to get in there, I'm ex I'd am i be down with that as well. It just depends. Not yet. Not yet. Not, yet. Not before John N. <laughs> Main event of the evening in the Bantamweight division. Also, possibly some kind of title eliminator here. Uh, we got Robbie Font. He's 18 and four. He's taking on the former champion, Cody Garbrandt, or as we like to say in Brazil, Shaq, Cody Garbrandt. He's 12 and three. And currently they got it. Robbie Font minus 120. The comeback on Cody Garbrandt is plus 100. So I understand, you know, people are still questioning a lot of things about Cody Garbrandt, maybe the durability, maybe, you know, sometimes he can lose his mind in there a little bit. But if we're going to talk about all that stuff, like, we need to mention certain concerns we have on the Rob Font side, Shaq, because I recall the time when Rob Font was in there with Pedro Munoz, and Pedro hit him so goddamn hard that Rob Font literally shot a takedown on the best guillotine artist in the Bantamweight division. I remember when he was in there with point fighter Rafael Asuncao, and Asuncao floored him. So let, let, let's not act like this is one-sided in terms of the durability. I mean, Cody did get knocked out by, you know, a former champion in TJ who was the champ at the time and who was on steroids and Pedro Munoz. And I, I don't want to disrespect Munoz, but you know, he, he, he popped also. So, you know, it, it is what it is, man. But I actually think the reality of what happened in that Pedro Munoz fight was, um, that he, you know, you know all these guys are on steroids. <laughs> I think that Pedro was chopping him down with calf kicks and eventually, you know, Cody was like, fuck, I'm either not going to be able to walk. I got to say, fuck it. He said, fuck it. Went on a suicide mission, got caught, was what it was. This is a little bit of a different fight. So Rob Font, I definitely got to admit, he's turned the corner because what we wanted him to be for the longest time, now he, he's finally turning into that guy. He's always had the skills. I mean, his boxing has been some of the best in the Bantamweight division for the longest time. But now I think the mental is starting to catch up. And now, you know, he gets taken down in fights. He can get back up. Um, you know, he's not breaking in these fights. But I think that this is going to be a significantly tougher fight than these last three. You know, he's only fought one time in 2018, 2019, and 2020. This is going to be his first start in 2021. Hopefully, this is a chance for him to be a little bit more active. You know what I mean? And either guy could get caught here. I, I definitely think that. I mean, listen, Rob Fon's got some very precise strikes. He lands on that chin of garbage, and I think he can put him out. But I don't think it's the way people are making it seem is that all, all Rob Fon's got to do is just land one punch, and, and the fight's – I like – I. I think that Cody can catch Rob Font, man. I think that I've seen Rob Font get hurt badly in fights too, man. Do not forget about the Munoz and the Asunsa fights. So 
What's up? John Lineker. Yeah. Oh, remember when he pulled guard against John Lineker? So I, I don't really think that this is the one-way traffic that everybody assumes it to be. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Either guy could get caught because these guys are going to be throwing heavy heat. Both guys have been hurt in fights. So, yeah, if Rob Font knocks out Cody, then, I mean, I can't sit here and act surprised. But everybody's acting like that's a foregone conclusion. And I, I just – I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure because there's a difference between – the top 15 and the top 10 and then the top five. It's a completely different world in the top five, man. I'm actually going to go with Cody Garbrandt here, man. I felt like that last fight got his confidence back. Um, people talk about his fast hands, but what about his footwork? What about his, his kicks are on point? Too? What about his D1 wrestling, man? I, I think that he's got more ways to win this fight, but I think he can also beat Rob Font at his own game in the boxing. And um, unless Rob Font has truly turned the corner to where he's ready to you know, be a top three guy right now, um, I think he actually is officially ranked in the top three, but you know what I mean? Beat top three guys. If he's ready for that, then I'll do respect to him because he's paid his dues, man. And these last few performances, he's been looking better than ever. But I think that uh, Cody Garbrandt's faster than him, and I think Cody Garbrandt's got more ways to win. I'm going to go Cody Garbrandt for the win. Yeah, look, I I think Cody Garbrandt's last fight was a great performance. Uh, and, man, I, I like Rob Font. Um, always, I mean, I haven't necessarily always been as high on him as everyone else. Um, even back when he was fighting Munoz, um, I, I think the dude's a great boxer. Definitely don't want to like, you know, but look, Marlon Marais, man, that victory that he just had. Um, and you could say the same thing for Garbrandt as well, that Asuncao and Marlon Marais were both, uh, you know, on the, on the outs and, but more so Marlon Marais in my opinion, just due to the fact that like, Man, I mean, just look at his performances. That's where, like, a Sao, um I, I, I like that performance from Garbrandt just because the approach. Like, it, I, I hate discrediting wins from guys and, and or, you know, trying to excuse a win. But, man, I've heard that, you know, Cody Garbrandt had a lot of things behind the scenes going on, man. You know, he's got some. A lot of things. Yeah, like, you know, I'm not going to mention them, but, you know, his life's a little different, I think. Uh, he had a lot of distractions. I mean, this dude was a champion at 25 years old, man. <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, he had some some baggage, and you know, he doesn't have that baggage anymore. And you know, um, and I think this link up of Mark Henry, man, like Cody, in terms of explosive athlete, power, speed, wrestling, just the whole package uh, is great, man. And I and I like Rob Font, but I'm I'm watching these fights with Ricky Simon, and I'm and you know I'm seeing him get caught clipped with left hooks against you know, slow, stiff wrestlers. And I am wondering, like, what would happen if that was Cody Garbrandt? Now, yeah, Pedro Munoz and T, but, man, I, I almost have to, like, not even consider that's him because just look at the way that he fought, man. It's like, <laughs> you know, the dude clearly, like, was – I think that whole alpha male versus TJ beef, like, I, I truly think at that age that he was at at the time – with the life that he, you know, was having was just too much for a person to have. Like, they put all that pressure on him, you know, with that beef with TJ. And, I mean, just look at the rematch. I mean, I like, I, me and you both know that's not the real, the real him, you know? Like, like there's something there's something outside of the cage that's going on. The Munoz fight, I, I'm glad you brought that point because for a long time, everyone was making a, you know, was, uh, you know, making fun of him for that performance and, and the way that he fought, man. But, I mean... 
just looking at how Pedro Munoz kicks calves, man. I mean, now it's a it's a little understand. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy was kind of having to do something similar very quickly in that fight too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, is and you know, shout out to Frankie Edgar for for uh, withstanding that leg damage. But you know, it, I still think that man that last fight might have been the the win to finally get him back. You know, like I said, some things in his life are a little bit different now. But if he comes in with that point fighting approach and just keeps things simple to touch, just touch and uh, and you know let the bomb uh, come, man. I honestly just think he's flat out a better fighter, better athlete, more capable than Rob Font. I like Rob Font, and I, but I I noticed that as the fight progresses, he comes out very hard in the first round. But as the fight progresses. He slows down. Um, he's a big bantam weight. He cuts a lot of weight. It's understandable for a guy like him to to need rest. But you know, he does keep things very sharp with the jab. It's just now this time, you know, man, what's coming back is gonna be something very, very vicious. And man, Gar Brand, I'm not gonna lie, man. His interviews, dude, sounds very refreshing. And I'm not a uh a, a fucking uh therapist or a life coach or whatever but i mean just knowing from what i've seen from him in in the past and how off the wall and fucking crazy this dude can get man i honestly think that he might be looking to creep back up into that title contention i'm not saying he's getting his belt back but man i think he knocks rob fine out in the first round or somewhere in the first couple of rounds um i think rob Font's just gonna be a little too slow like he's what is their game plan to wrestle him or strike because if the game plan is to 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 box him, I think that's a, a very, very um, you know, tricky position. Like I think a lot of Cody's I'm not saying that dude's not chinny, he's definitely chinny. Like I remember when that dude on the amateur scene knocked him out too. Uh I forget his name, but you know, you know, you remember that knockout. Was it Jarrell Hodges by chance? Yeah, yeah, something like that. You know, you know that dude I'm talking about that knocked him out unconscious. Dude, look, dude's definitely chinny, but I think that the two TJ uh, the two TJ ones in particular were more derived off emotions. Like I, I, I don't think that if Cody was in his right mind, a more calm mind that he is in now, I, I, I do think he's the better fighter than TJ Dillashaw. I just think the kid was too young in a spot, and you, you guys will find out all those details uh, at some point, you know. But the, I mean, dude had a lot of, I mean, twenty five years old beat Dominic Cruz. Like, I mean, I decision. You know, I decision like and you know and you know the girls love Garbrandt you know with the with the tattoos I mean the, the dude dude was like, like life was moving fast man um I just think he it happens man dudes get focused but man you can always come back and I and I think he is on Saturday so I'm going with Cody Garbrandt by knockout all due respect to Rob Font but look I like Marlon Marais he had a great run but man Marlon Marais's days might be numbered here um unless he can get an easy opponent. I mean, it just depends. Um, but thing is, his name is Marlon Marais. It's like you can't give him too easy. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I got Cody Garbrandt, man. I think he should be the favorite. Now we got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So, Shaq, what is the fight to watch for UFC Vegas 23? Excuse me, 27. Um, my fight to watch is in the flyweight division, man. That's Paiva versus David Dvorak. I mean, who wants to, who wants to, if Dvorak gets this win, I mean, a, a big fight's got to be on his hands. And I know if Paiva wins, I know Dana loves Paiva, man, you know, uh, from that contender series performance that he had. I mean, he, he really loves Paiva. So I know that uh, they'll give Paiva a, a big fight if he wins this in the flyweights, man. They, uh, I know the last flyweight fight might have not been the best, but I, I think this one will be. Um, I mean, both guys got a lot to prove. Paiva's coming off the ACL, you know, 
Dvorak's got the whole European scene behind him, so we'll, we'll see. That's my fight to watch. Definitely. Yeah. My fight to watch is uh, Edmund Shabazian versus Shaq Hermanson. I mean, listen, uh, Edmund's got a lot to prove. He's a young 23-year-old kid who's in the top 10 of the middleweight division, and he wants to get back on track. Jack wants to get back on track, too. Jack wants to show that, hey, like, you're not just going to, you know, build your name off me to get into the top five. Jack wants to show that he's still here to stay and that he's still one of the top contenders. And I think that's going to be a highly competitive fight. Both guys got a lot to win and a lot to lose. So, yeah, Edmund versus Shaq is my fight to watch. Shaq, who is your fighter to watch for Saturday's uh, UFC fight night? Uh, my fighter to watch is going to be Yan Chow Nan, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've been on this girl like before she was in the UFC. Uh, what was that promotion? Road FC when she was out here side kicking chicks in the face. And to see this come up has been nice. I mean, look, as far as it's one of the toughest customers in that division, um, it's a tough test that she has on Saturday. But Ann Chow Nan's my fighter to watch, man. She's on the doorstep of a of a title shot. Um, and I think that we, you know. I, I heard they might be doing a rematch for, for Rosa Miley, but I, I kind of disagree with that, man. I hope, you know, with a good performance here uh, that Chow Nin can get in there. I want to see Wiley versus uh, Joanna, the rematch. You know, that's the that's the fight I want to see. Um, and, you know, I hope that with the win, Chan, but Yan Chanan said that if she wins, she's, they told her she's getting a title shot. So we'll see. Oh, man, I, I can't wait to see that. Uh, my fighter watch is Claudio Silva, man. I know he's 38. I know his fighting style might not be the prettiest, but I fuck with this guy. I mean, this is a guy that beat Leon Edwards uh, back in the day. This is a guy who can come out here, and he can hand Court McGee his first submission loss, and I think that if he does, that's going to be a big deal, man. And Court McGee's been in there with a ton of tough people. He's never been submitted before. This might be the guy to do it, and I just want to see how Claudio – bounces back again i know he's older but he's like five and one or six and one in the ufc he's got a great record in the ufc he's been finishing a lot of tough guys i want to see if he continues that trend here so my fighter to watch is claudio silva well shaq we did it it's going down this saturday night in las vegas nevada at the apex we got cody gar branch taking on robbie font they can follow you at mma genius they can follow me mma genius 05 excuse me they can follow me at best fight picks bestfightpicks.com subscribe to half the battle on itunes soundcloud youtube stitcher spotify all the places where we are available we'll be back next week for the next card um thank you very much to our sponsor manscaped uh make sure you'll go to manscaped.com use that promo code battle 20 for 20 percent off and free shipping shout out to my boy bud crush for hooking us up with that fire ass gear thank you very much bud crush thank you to all the fans listeners and supporters of half the battle hell yeah that looks nice man uh thank you so much to the fans you guys are amazing um we'll be back next week so anything you want to add to that Shaq? no nah, man shout out to my boy uh bud crush for this for this oh, fire yeah. ass sweater man looks fresh looks fresh thank you fans thank you manscape thank you bud crush and until the next time let's cash these bets <laughs> <laughs>